This podcast is created for farmers and powered by Pioneer Agronomy to bring you agronomic insights and proven solutions to fuel forward-thinking farming. Hey there, welcome to the Pioneer Agronomy Northeast podcast. We are on our 27th episode. This is the week of January 11th. I am Chris Skuse. With me as always is Emily Allegar. We are your hosts. Our topic today is soybean cyst nematodes. Emily, who are our guests? Thanks, Chris. Today, our guest is Adriana Maria Williams, agronomy extension educator with Penn State University. Thank you and welcome to the show, Adriana. Would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about your background? Thank you, Emily. I'm happy to be here this morning. Um, sure. Uh, I am originally from Costa Rica, in case you were wondering about the accent. Uh, I have a bachelor's uh, degree in agronomy from the University of Costa Rica. Uh, soon after that, I went to Iowa State University where I got a master's in plant pathology and also a PhD in agronomy. After I graduated from Iowa State, I went back to Costa Rica where I worked for the University of Costa Rica for a few years. And then I moved to Pennsylvania almost three years ago where I actually started working for Extension, PSU Extension. Awesome, well, thank you for joining us. You have a very diverse background. So we're excited to have you with us today. I'm sure you bring a lot of experience to the table. All right. Thanks, Emily. And welcome, Adriana. Before we get started on our main topic today, uh, we always start with a section we call Odd and Unexplained, where we ask, in this case, it's going to be me, uh, about something that was a little bit different or uh, maybe puzzling this year that we had to look at in in a grower's field and what we came up with. And uh, I thought the, the best one would for this topic that we're, we're talking about today is, is one that I saw uh, this past year in an irrigated double crop soybean field where the beans had not, you know, how double crop, especially irrigated, they get enough water, they really get moving and pop and just grow every day. Um, in this particular field, there were stunted areas of the field that the beans were three, four inches tall, and the rest of the field was, you know, a foot, foot and a half tall. Clearly see um, differences in the field there of stunting. And you could see the grower told me that he felt like the circles or odd shapes in those fields were growing um, or expanding straight out from it. And uh, so we went out there and looked at them. And again, uh, like, like we always say, Mother Nature doesn't do it in straight lines. Humans typically uh, do things in straight lines. So when we looked out there and saw it was not in sh- straight lines, it was odd shaped circles almost, oblong uh, circles out there in the field. So uh, after looking at it, we... Um, we needed to take some nematode tests and uh, and see whether it was because it was the warmer part of the year in the summer months, and the double crop soybeans hadn't been uh, hadn't had a seed treatment on them or anything like that. So we took a uh, a, a nematode test, and sure enough, uh, wow, the the nematode rates in that field were were extremely high, especially SCN. Um, 
and, and we found out what the, the grower's problem was there. So keep that in mind uh, as you're looking at your fields this summer. All right, now we'll move on to our main topic, which is soybean cyst nematodes. Thanks, Chris. That was a really good share. Get us uh, all ready to take on the topic of nematodes. Um, so we have a few questions for Adriana while we have her with us. So the first one that I was curious about, uh, Adriana, what are you currently working on as far as, you know, projects or research that you have going on with extension? <laughs> well, I wish I could say I am focused just on one thing, but um, what I want to talk about this morning is a project that I've been working on uh, with the objective of finding or trying to find soybean cyst nematode in Pennsylvania. And why is this important? Because soybean cyst nematode is the most destructive soybean pathogen in North America. And if you look at the map of the distribution of soybean cyst nematode in the US, you'll notice that uh, there's just one county in Pennsylvania where soybean cyst nematode has been found. So the idea of this project is to offer free nematode testing for farmers across Pennsylvania uh, so we can be able to track where this pest is. Oh, that's cool. So you'll, if I heard you correctly, it's free for growers to do through Penn State, is that correct? That's correct. Okay, so if I'm a grower and I'm curious and I wanna get my you know, fields tested and see what I've got going on out there, how do I go about doing that? So they can contact me directly uh, if they want to take advantage of the free testing. My email is axm1119 at psu.edu. You can also send me a text message to my phone number. Uh, it is 814-365-5517. Um, or you can call my office and leave a message. Uh, the phone number is 814-355-4897. And just contact me and I'll be happy to send you back, send you sampling instructions. Um, in this project, I work in collaboration with Dr. Elisa Collins and Paul Isker. They are the plant pathologists with Penn State. Uh, so you can also contact them directly. Very cool. That's a great project to be working with, uh, with our growers. I'm sure that there will be folks who really want to take advantage of that. Seems like a great opportunity to jump on um, and, you know, just learn a little bit more about what's, what's going on in the field. So you mentioned that there was one county that you had found um, SCN and what county in Pennsylvania would that be? Yeah, that was um, the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture is the one uh, that reported that finding. That was in 2002, and it was in Lancaster County. Okay, but way back in 2002. All right. Correct. Okay. Um, so if I'm a grower and I get, you know, everything I need to take samples and I send it in, how long will it take? Like, what's the time period and the process of getting your samples back or information on them back? Okay, um, so we're working with different labs and because the fall is the peak for soybean, uh, soybean system method uh, testing, so that may delay getting back the results, but in average, I'd say it's one to one week, I would say. Oh, that's fast. So definitely giving you enough time, you know, if you find anything out to make a game plan and 
uh, plan for the following following season. Yes, in case we find SCN, we're going to work directly with the farmer to make sure that we retest uh, his field or her field. And then we start thinking about management, depending on the population levels. So, Adriana, I had a question on that one. Um, and you're doing this test to, to really see uh, whether there are SCN in Pennsylvania or not. Do you... I guess we're going to try to answer this question that I'm about to ask with your uh, with your study here, because you said the last one was in 2002, and um, are so we're trying to figure out whether or not it's because we're not testing for SCN is why we haven't identified more in Pennsylvania, or whether they're not here. Is that correct? That's correct. Although, I'll just. Uh... For the records, we ran a survey in 2019, um, and we learned that more than 80% of the farmers have never tested for SCN, and they don't know if they're using SCN-resistant varieties. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. I'm really curious about this study. I think it'll be fantastic to really get to the bottom of whether or not um, we have SCN in Pennsylvania or not. And one more question. I, I think I, I just wanted you to emphasize what you said earlier. Can you repeat that line um, that you said about SCN and what it is across the country? Sure. Um, so SCN is the most destructive pathogen in the U.S. And there are many reasons for that. So when you think about uh, soybean yields that are being lost to this pest, they can range from 5% to more than 50%. And something that it's very important that I want people to remember is that this pathogen can be present, present in your fields without causing any symptoms. And you may still, at that point, may be having new losses. When the symptoms are visible, then losses can be higher than 50%. Wow. 50% is yield loss if it's visible. Wow. That is a big yield loss. And so this program is going to be really important for our growers to be able to look into and take advantage of while you're doing it. So I guess as far as identifying SCN, your best bet to do that is to get a test. Not, you know, they're not visible in the field. You can't walk out and see them. You need to get everything tested. So there are two ways to know if you have SCN in the field. The two of them work. So one is scouting. So that means you go out to the field, you dig out roots. And I have to be, I have to say this again, you dig out roots, do not pull roots out because seeds can just you know, remain in the ground if you do that. Um, and then when you look at the roots and you look for the SCN female bodies, you can tell, you know, you'll know that SCN is present in your fields. There is a small, uh, I'd say, window of time where you can do this when females are visible. And this is five to six weeks after planting. One advantage of this is that anybody can do it. It's very cheap and then you'll know if you have SCN, but it doesn't give you any quantitative information. And for that, this is what we emphasize. You have to take soil samples and send them to a nematology lab to make sure that you know what your population levels are in the field. 
Yeah, that's true. Because, you know, you might see some and you might say, oh, you know, I have some, but until you actually do a soil test, you're not going to know exactly what you said, what your population is and when you need to take action and what your, what your next step is. So definitely an awesome program for our growers to take advantage of. So the other thing that I think we need to touch on a little bit on that um, is when you do dig those up, can you describe for our growers um, what the difference between uh, the, the SCN on the root and uh, nodules would be? Sure. Um, so SCN, what we're going to look for are tiny white lemon-shaped uh, structures protruding out of the roots. They're very easily distinguished from um, nodules because nodules are darker in appearance. Uh, they're larger as well. They detach easily from the roots. Um, well, SEN, you, you, you can't miss it. You know, it's, they're really bright and you know, you know what is going on and you'll see them along the roots. Gotcha. That's great information for our growers uh, when, when they're going out there and looking in that field. The, the next thing I'd like to touch on a little bit is um, the different resistance and why SCN has become mm -hmm. even worse uh, across the country. Maybe not in Pennsylvania. We're not sure yet, but it'll be exciting to see from this test wh what your conclusions will be. Uh, but so 90% of uh, the genetics that are out there are using one resistance that P18788 for, for SCN. Can you talk about a little bit about what maybe some of the different resistance are and, and maybe why, my, why we're starting to see it more across the country adapt to 18788? Yeah, um, sure. So Let's say 20, 25 years ago when SCN uh, became a problem and thankfully uh, plant breeders came up with resistant varieties and the most popular one was the, the ones that have as the resistant background, the PI, uh, this is the plant introduction of ADA788. And that pretty much fixed the problem because farmers had varieties with resistance to SEN. But the issue is that most of the varieties available in the market, like you just said, have that same source of resistance, the PI88788. And with SEN, just like it happens with weeds, if you throw the same herbicide over and over for the last 25 years to the same, you know, to weeds, then they, uh, what you're doing is putting a selection pressure and then you're selecting for weeds that are gonna overcome that resistance. So this is the problem that we see now. And that contributes, you know, SCN is it's ferocious, tiny little beast, I would say. Uh, but then on top of that, the resistance that is available for farmers is not that effective anymore. So SCN is reproducing more and more on uh, varieties with the PI-88788 background. Well, that's good. And you, you caught me on that. I always get that mixed up, whether it's P1 or PI. And I, I, I always screw that up. But thanks for uh, hitting on that. But you're right. Mother Nature always wins. Uh, it, no matter, it might take her a little longer, but she will always win and adapt and overcome. 
And I think this is another lesson for us. You know, you brought up the glyphosate tolerance and that you're spot on that we just used it across every acre we had. And eventually those weeds uh, adapted to that and overcame that and evolved to, uh, to have some resistance there. And the same thing is, is happening here to where uh, mother nature is adapting and evolving to, to overcome. So are there, can you talk about maybe some of the other resistance that might be out there on the market or coming in? Uh, sure. So just like weeds and, and I like to use that as an example because everybody's very familiar with this. So to have a strong or a robust uh, management for SEN nematode, we have to just use as many tools as we have, right? So yes, 98%, 97% of the varieties out there have the PI-88, 788 background, but there are also other varieties that are available with, diff with a different source of resistance. One of them is uh, Peking, and that I know it's available uh, for farmers. Uh, there are not that many varieties with this source of resistance, but they are available from many different companies now. Um, there is another one that just recently came up uh, this year, was released, if I get this right. And this has a source, a source of resistance, uh, the PI um, 89772, if I recollect the number right. And then there's another one that it's called Hartwig, that it's the PI 437654. So it is, uh, they're, they're there, they're for farmers to look for, but then they have to make sure that uh, if they have the nematode, they select some of these varieties, even though, and I have to say this, we're just saying that uh, the nematode is overcoming the resistance uh, posed by the PI-88788, but these are still useful varieties. So you can still use them in rotation with varieties with other sources of resistance like Peking or Hartwig or the 89772. Um, but if you have SEN, you know, keep that in mind and also the use of uh, non-hosts in your rotation. Good stuff. Thank you for that. You're absolutely right. And I know, uh, well, this is a pioneer. So we'll, we'll, we'll shoot that out that we do have Peking varieties that are commercially available now for growers if they know they have an SCN problem or, or do, do your uh, soil samples here and, and find out they do. They definitely uh, need, to, need to look into those during the rotation. So I just have a couple more questions for you. When are soybean cyst nematodes most active in the field? Uh, Chris, can you repeat that question, please? Sure. Yeah. So, when are they? When are they the most active in the field? Um, so, when should growers really keep their eye out for it, or when do when do we think they'll they'll have the most they'll be the most active in the growing season? Okay, so SCN becomes active as soon uh, within the same range of temperatures when soybean plants can grow. 
Um, so there are some weeds uh, that can be hosts that uh, start to germinate before uh, soybeans would. And they're also hosts for soybean cyst nematode. But I'd say when temperatures hit uh, the 40s then, and you have the hosts for the pest, then they'll start to reproduce. And in a growing season, we can have three to six generations of soybean cyst nematodes uh, occurring. Wow, so they can multiply pretty quickly in there, can't they? Yes, yes. Yeah, so it's definitely something to, to keep an eye on. And, uh, and definitely, we encourage uh, to growers in Pennsylvania to definitely uh, get in contact with you and your office to get those soil samples done, because what does it hurt, right? It's free. Um, it's no cost to you as a grower. You're going to learn more about your field and your farm through this. And, and if nothing else, even if you don't think you have them, it's worth, it's worth just verifying. Uh, to make sure that you don't have them. And then you can put your mind at ease that that's not something you need to worry about. And you can worry about, you know, your other things, check that off. Uh, but, but it might be a problem in your fields and it might've been for the last few years and you didn't know it. Uh, but if the university uh, through this study is going, is going to do it for free, uh, why not get your fields tested? So we really encourage everybody um, to contact Adriana and her team to get this done. Great so, point, Chris, go ahead. <laughs> Great point, Chris. Yeah, I mean, if you know it's free and you're just maybe a little bit curious about it and again, to put your mind at ease and then decide what you need to focus on moving forward. I mean, that was one of our last podcasts is planning for the upcoming season. And this is a great way to start doing that um, down a different avenue. So Adriana, just, Another question for you on nematode management. What are some good resources for our listeners um, to learn more about SCN? Well, I definitely recommend uh, you search on the internet for the SCN coalition. So this is a public checkoff private partnership uh, formed with the idea of increasing the number of farmers who actively manage SEN. And in that webpage, you can find information on how to sample, where to sample, when to sample, and also a lot of resources on where you could send samples to for analysis. On top of everything that comes, you know, you'll find the history of SCN in the U.S., uh, why it's become such a problem, all the information about resistant varieties that we just talked about, the different sources of resistance is there. Um, everything you want to know about SCN and you were afraid to ask, you'll find it there. <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds like a great resource, kind of a one-stop shop for our growers to check out um, and look into. So thank you for that. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, and uh, I just want to, because this is for, for the Northeast podcast, uh, I know we're talking about Pennsylvania here, and we encourage all Pennsylvania growers to get this soil test uh, so they can figure out on their field. But I will have to mention that on Delmarva, 
uh, with Delaware, Maryland, and, and the two counties of Virginia, I already know, if you're listening from there, I already know you have an SCN problem. Uh, so making sure you're monitoring that, making sure that you're looking at your resistance that are in the beans that are, you're, you're buying, and, and also making sure that you're taking samples to figure out which fields you have an issue with and, and how we can uh, how we can better resolve those because down down on the Delmarva Peninsula, you also have things like root knot nematodes and things like that that you're you're looking at in your fields. So getting those soil tests, getting those soil samples to be able to figure out what type of nematode you have in your fields so that you can actually uh, target that is going to be key for you. So make sure we're all taking those soil samples and all figuring out what we have in our field, not just the nutrient levels that you have in your field, but making sure that you're checking for nematodes as well. Well, thank you, uh, Adriana, for, for sharing your knowledge on SCN with our listeners today. Uh, we could probably talk all day with you about this because this is an extremely interesting topic and it's definitely a growing topic across the country that everybody's talking about and it's fascinating, but we all need to make sure we're monitoring our fields for it. Next up, we have our weekly watch out. This is the part of the show where we ask someone to share something that our growers need to be aware of for the next seven to 14 days. Our Emily, do you have anything like that? Oh yes, I sure do, Chris. So our weekly watch out for this week is going to be the true choice prepay deadline that we got coming up here, January 15th. So if you're looking to do a prepay account, um, put some money in there, get an additional 10% buying power um, put into your account, that deadline is gonna be January 15th if you're funding that account with cash. Um, and if you decide to do that with credit, that would be 5%. Um, but if you wanna get that 10 or 5% additional buying power, that deadline again is gonna be January 15th. Um, on top of that, you know, if you're purchasing Pioneer Seed, you will get that extra 2% Corteva cash um, for the upcoming season as, along with your seed savings. So something to keep in mind, a date that is creeping up uh, pretty fast. It's hard to believe we're in 2021 already, but January 15th, keep that date in mind. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely. If you're uh, using Corteva products on your field, especially things like Enlist, um, the Enlist program, you're, you're going to definitely want to take advantage of that because that is a good amount of savings. Well, thank you all for joining us today on the Pioneer Northeast Agronomy Podcast. If you have any questions regarding SCN, contact your local Pioneer sales rep or your local extension office, or go to www.thescncoalition.com. And tune in next time when our guests have a conversation about Pioneer's forage products and programs. Search Pioneer Agronomy Northeast on your podcast app for more insights and solutions fueled by future thinking farming. Also, while you're there, uh, if you don't mind giving the podcast a rating, that would be much appreciated. Thank you for tuning in and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode from the Pioneer Agronomy team. Be sure to visit pioneer.com backslash podcasts to access additional episodes and learn more about our extensive on-farm data and innovative digital tools that are fueling forward-thinking farming.